Hello everyone, welcome to yet another episode of inspiration, another episode of thought-provoking conversations, another episode of Unfiltered Friends. Uh, Today we have on Listen to Sleep. Um, His name's Eric. I initially didn't follow him because of him. I followed him because he posted stuff that's in nature, which is very near and dear to my heart, and he posted stuff with his dog Bodie. But then as I looked further into his content, I saw a very wise and articulate person that said a bunch of stuff that made a whole lot of sense, and I knew I wanted to get to know him even more. And this conversation was, once again, life-changing. I hope you guys are really enjoying these conversations as much as I am. It's kind of scary at points where I feel like I'm on the same timeline as him, but it's also really exciting that I have someone that I can look to and be like, hey, that thing that you love, that thing that you want to do is possible. Also, um, helping taking pressure off myself. So if you're someone who struggles with putting pressure on yourself, this is the episode. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Make sure that if you do enjoy it, you subscribe, you rate it on whatever podcast platform that you use. And this is, once again, a independently funded podcast. So if you would like to have more access to behind the scenes, extra podcasts, handwritten letters, one-on-one chats with me, go to patreon.com slash unfiltered friends and without further ado here is listen to sleep welcome to the unfiltered friends podcast before we introduce you to our next friend i want you to take a moment to think about everything that led you to where you are right now do you see how strong you are do you see how great your story is i hope you do And I hope you learn great lessons and get inspired by our next friend's story on the Unfiltered Friends podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Unfiltered Friends. I am very excited to have this next person on. Normally, uh, someone putting me to sleep wouldn't be a compliment, but in this case, it is specifically one of the reasons you would listen to this person. He's got a podcast called Listen to Sleep. got one of the most soothing voices and has a really interesting way of living, uh, uh, a way of living a lot of us have heard of but never experienced, and he lives it every day. Uh, Make sure if you enjoy this podcast, you subscribe and rate on whatever platform you're using. And um, if you'd like to support the podcast, it's independently funded. We use Patreon where you'll get handwritten letters, thank you cards, etc. So check out patreon.com slash unfiltered friends. And here we go with Listen to Sleep. Welcome. Congratulations. I don't know how to start these. I'm still figuring out what my workflow is on this. But go ahead and tell people who you are and what exactly it is that you do online. Uh, hey, my name is Eric. And um, I, like you said, I put folks to sleep. That's pretty <laughs> much uh, my, my calling uh, or has been for the last few years. Um, I have a podcast that I read bedtime stories on and uh, sleep meditations. And um, that's, uh, that's about it. I'm, I'm kind of dabbling in the world of being a content creator. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, when I first got on TikTok, my, uh, 
my fiance was like, uh, we're not going to call it a content creator, are we? And I was like, well, what would you call it? He's like, how about content creator? You create contentment. So I was yeah, like, okay, you know, I'm a content creator. That's interesting. <laughs> like when you said it, I was like, I've never, uh, but you said it exactly how you meant it. And it's pretty accurate. I mean, I'll, when I first found your channel, I'm, I just, the first thing, I, well, one, your dog is the most adorable. Well, second most, sorry, Clark, I have a dog. So he, <laughs> he's within earshot. Um, and I saw, and your dog's name is Bodie, right? Yeah. And Bodie was walking through the woods and what happened was just immediately it brought uh, any anxiety I was having in that moment down. Does that seem to be a pretty common experience or comment that you get when people encounter your content? Well, what's funny is that's my experience when I'm out there walking with him. And when I started doing those videos, it was what I was hoping to get across but, you know, I didn't really know if I could do it in 60 seconds, mm -hmm. you know, in the up and down mode on my phone. Um, but, yeah, that that is the the main comment I get now. And what I l love most about TikTok is people come to my page when they just need to chill out, mm -hmm. when they, they're stressed or they're anxious. And they'll just watch a few of my videos and, and it, it makes people happy and calms them down. It's like it's soothing. And, yeah. and I love that. So, but you, it seems, so you, uh, you're considered off-grid. Is that what you consider yourself? Off-grid? Well, off-grid normally, normally refers to off the electrical grid. Right. And we are off that. We, we have, we're seven miles from the closest telephone and electric pole. Um, so, yeah, so we're off-grid, but uh, we make all our own electricity with solar. Um, and we have satellite internet, mm. so I'm connected, but, um, I haven't paid an electric bill in a long time. How does that feel? <laughs> uh, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's one of the things I don't miss. Yeah. So you, <laughs> but how long have you lived this lifestyle where you're, where you're kind of like out in nature off on your own? Um, let's see. It, uh, been up here since 2008. So what's that, 14 years? Um, and before that, um, I had lived, I kind of did a, a, a intermediate jump where I went a couple hours away from the city, but still lived on the grid in the country on 10 acres. Um, and that was where I got a taste of what living in the country was like. But it was also where I realized that I wasn't far enough out. Mm -hmm. I wanted more. Mm -hmm. um, so it was kind of a good way to, to warm up to this what made you what made you gravitate towards that like were you wh what was your life like before you did this was it a typical stressful city life like what was the evolution of you to get from living in a city or living typically in like what people consider a city to now living off off grid in the mountains sure um well i grew up in rhode island in suburbia and so I, I just, I always wanted to go out. There were woods at the end of edge of our development. So I would go out in the woods and play. And to me, the woods were fun and interesting. And I would always play that I was like some kind of a mountain man or whatever. And then uh, when I graduated from college and I came out, 
in my junior year of college, I had this fantasy that I wanted to move to New Zealand and like marry a shepherd and live, you know, <laughs> off in rural New Zealand. And that's very and specific. <laughs> Right. Isn't it? You know, like, so, but like, I thought, okay, I had, I think I, it was for a class or something. I had to do some sort of a thing. And this idea came to me, um, you know, it's acting class. So of course it's going to be crazy like that. Mm -hmm. So that was when I kind of got this idea that I really want to just go live in the country someday. But of course I was 21, 22. Um, I ended up, uh, I was a theater major and I was going to move to Los Angeles because my aunt, uh, was uh, had just been nominated for an Academy Award that year. And she was doing acting classes. And she said, okay, you can come and audition for my class, but I'm not guaranteeing you get in. And she said, but I wouldn't recommend it. What I would recommend you do is go live your life and then bring it back to the theater someday mm. if you want to. And she was, you know, in her late 50s, early 60s at the time, crusty old lady. She played uh, Francis Farmer's mother in Francis. Did you mm. ever see that movie? I did. Yeah. Yeah. She was nasty, right? She was yeah. a little bit like that in real oh. life. Um, but uh, I mean, she, she was not that, that she wasn't that bad, but she had that abrasive brusqueness to her. Mm -hmm. Anyway, she told me uh, I would recommend you don't. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to anyway. And so then before, uh, like the week before I was supposed to move to LA, I went to San Francisco with some friends, fell in love with San Francisco and decided, screw it. I am going to take her advice and I'm going to go live my life, see what San Francisco has for me. And I'll, we'll see. So I moved to San Francisco. I lived there for 12, 15, 12 years. I lived there for 12 years. Uh, I lived in an apartment. I had all kinds of jobs. I started out bartending wound up in web stuff in like 1999 when the web was just getting started, the first dot-com thing. Mm -hmm. um, because I was trying to make money and I was trying to hustle. And I was, you know, I was like, I, I just want to do something so that I can go away. Well, that didn't work because I just wound up in debt and it just, it, you know, I kind of got stuck there. I felt trapped. Mm -hmm. And that was when I had an opportunity to get this barn on 10 acres outside of San Francisco that I could afford and slowly turned it into a house. And that first dabble into real estate um, gave me the, you know, the, the experience and also the, um, the financial footing to be able to make a second move and come out here. So did you have, uh, you turned a barn into a house. Did you have experience with, construction or building of a house no, previously? No, I, I, no I'm, I'm a good helper. So um, <laughs> we, we had a friend who was a contractor and, uh, and he did most of the stuff that required, you know, like knowing what you're doing. And um, I just saved a lot of money by being the guy who was the other set of hands or would go and run and get stuff and all that. I learned a lot. Yeah. That's always been kind of my favorite way to learn is watch other people do stuff mm -hmm. before there was YouTube. I used to love to do that in real life. There was stuff before YouTube. Yeah. Back in the olden days. Back in the olden days. Yeah. I it's, I I'm a, I'm at an interesting age cause I'm, I'm 40. So like I'm, I'm on that like cusp of pre-internet to, to, to internet. And I got to watch, like I started on YouTube in 2006. So getting to watch right. this space 
grow the way that it has has been so interesting. Um, but I, st I still have a lot of the knowledge of what it was like before. My mom was actually a librarian. And so we had, mm -hmm. um, we had in our house, uh, they took, when, once they got rid of it, a, ca a card catalog uh, thing in our house to like so, look up books and um yeah. most people when i say that they're like i don't know i don't know what that is and i was like well it used to be a lot more difficult to get information the world of the dewey decimal system yep exactly <laughs> okay so you you move out to the country so what was your life like in san francisco did you have fun were you mostly stressed oh, and yeah. in debt? Because San Francisco's changed a lot, but probably especially a lot since you were out there. It was different. When I moved there in 1990, it was um, it was a rough place to move to as a young gay guy who was just out of the closet because, I mean, there were still a lot of people dying. Mm. Um, it was, you know, it was before the cocktail and before um, any kind of real effective HIV treatment. Um, and so that was, that was a, a real eye-opening experience for me. And I grew up a lot real fast. When I first moved there, I worked at bars mostly. I bartended for a few years. And then the guy I kind of moved there um, for, uh, he and I left for two years and we bought a sailboat and sailed to Key West. Um, as and you then do. Yeah, of we, course. No. As, as one does. <laughs> um, but we were both like ready for an adventure. We were mm -hmm. in our early 20s. And so um, we bartended until we had enough money to buy a, like a $15,000 sailboat. And we had $5,000 in cash. And we just started sailing south. <laughs> um, then we broke up. I moved back to San Francisco. And that was when I, um, I had a, a fail. I, I got into network marketing. Oh my God. Have you ever done network marketing? No. Oh. The closest I got to any sort of marketing was I, <laughs> I worked, I was really hard up for money when I was moved to California and I got, I found this Craigslist ad for this company that sells spa packages and they essentially okay. would grab a handful of people, drop them off in a business area and we had to walk door to door to businesses selling spa packages. And I'm somebody who at that point had never even had a pedicure. So I'm there trying to explain to some poor receptionist about a spa package that I didn't understand. And she could tell I didn't know what I was talking about. So she just stared at me and was like, oh, honey. Mm -hmm. And then I sat for seven hours playing Brick Breaker on my phone until they picked me back up and never went back again. I don't like bothering people. So that was not the job for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, this was my my parents had gotten involved in network marketing is actually like multi-level marketing like amway yeah. oh parents did um, that and parents did, did amway I still, yeah and they right and they tried to get me into it and i was like well okay yeah i'll try it oh man i just lost a ton of money mm -hmm. and so i ended up having to go back to bartending again and then i i finally felt like bartending was just sucking the soul out of me yeah it just was too hard to be serving people who really shouldn't have been there um, night after night after night. And that was when I taught myself how to do HTML and decided, okay, I'm going to get out of this business and into that one. Um, and that was a really good career move for me. Um, and I did that for probably five or six years. 
Uh, and then I got, finally got back into acting mm-hmm. and that's what I've been doing for the last, since I moved up here, uh, basically been doing voice acting. Yeah. Uh, I want to rewind a little bit and it's totally okay if you say you're not comfortable talking about this, but rarely can you get perspective on what it was like in San Francisco in the nineties as a gay person during, uh, sure. the height of the, can you describe what it was like back then? Uh, for you and for your friends. Yeah. Um, when, when I first showed up there, you would, you know, in the Castro, which is like uh, completely different now, mm-hmm. it was a real gay neighborhood, you know, or down on Polk street. It was, you know, you'd see naked people and guys in leather and, and it was just, it was, it was interesting, you know, mm-hmm. um, but you also saw lots of guys in their, 20s 30s 40s in wheelchairs or just completely emaciated with ks and you know like on on their last legs um and i had i worked in um in gay bars so i i had a lot of friends who were struggling with hiv um and all they really had for people back then was azt which was a super toxic and didn't really help all that much yeah so it just felt like, and, you know, there was just, you know, safe sex was the, was the, the only thing really you could do back then. Cause there was no prep. And it was like a, um, it was a little bit, I mean, it seems melodramatic to say war zone when there's an actual war going on right now. Um, but for that point in my life, when I was 21, it, it felt a little bit like that. But I was also young, and I was eager to um, to learn from other people who'd been out longer than me. So I, I made a lot of friends. I lost a lot of friends, um, but it was uh, it was unlike anything that I think exists today. Uh, but it was also a time where we came together. You know, things like the AIDS quilt. In 1992, I went to the March on Washington mm-hmm. and saw the AIDS quilt laid out on the, um, the mall there. And it was an incredibly moving experience to be with that many other gay people from all around the country, all around the world. Um, and, you know, marching for our rights at a time when there were still many states that had uh, sodomy laws that you could go to jail just for having gay sex. I think there's still um, states that have sodomy laws uh, in I the really, U.S. I thought the federally they struck that down. It's possible. Um, I've, I've I've done. I I know a lot of like random trivia, and there I did look up. Maybe I should do more research on that, but. Um, it wasn't, it's not even just specifically for gay people either. It's just like sodomy. No, it's just sodomy period. Of course, straight folks didn't really get like they they were never had their bedrooms broken into by cops. It was right. mostly the, I mean, I'm, <laughs> gay folks, the, I mean, they, I, a lot of people don't know that it, when it initially came out, it was called grids, you know, gay related immunodeficiency, you know, and exactly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. there was a lot yeah, of, gr- it was grid, then. actually just grid. Um, grid yeah. Uh, i think it was, yeah there was no s um yeah it was a it was a rough time and um yeah i i i don't you know like i'm glad i went through it i'm glad I'm, i made it out you know um and a comment i get a lot on tiktok 
is how it from a lot of Gen Z and millennial gay kids is that it's just so nice to see older gay people, you know, because a lot of us aren't here, you know, like we, we lost mm. most of a generation or a big part of it. Um, two generations, really a lot of the gay boomers and the gay Gen Xers like me. So um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I was glad to have been there and been able to do my part. Um, and I'm, I, I still carry the lessons that I learned there. I think it made me a better person going through that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that answering your question. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I don't know if you know anything about my content creation history, but my YouTube channel was heavily involved with LGBT advocacy from an allied perspective. Um, uh, I was living in California. I, I, I didn't know that, but, it, it, I, but I love your vibe. And from <laughs> the minute I started like watching you on TikTok, I was like, you have a, like the most people say I'm safe. A lot. So you, I feel safe here. Mm -hmm. I felt the same way with you. Oh, like good. you're just safe and you're like a, you know, like I, I, I didn't know if you were gay or straight, but I didn't care. Right. And it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's really go. interesting. I, I never quite understood. So my, like when I started heavily getting involved with advocacy was in 2008 when prop eight passed, I watched my mm. friends lose the right to marry uh, based yep. on popular vote. And I, uh, I, I, I was like, this is, this is BS. And I actually have video. If you're interested, I could show you the protests. Uh, I can say the links are still on my YouTube channel from, there was two different protests that I marched in. And I, all I did was just hand the microphone to other people and let them tell mm -hmm. and let them talk i got to interview people who used to be part of the church of mormon and i got to interview them and i saw mm -hmm. that ed, uh, elevating those voices and giving them a bigger platform like how important that was but i never quite understood initially why i was so why did i pick that and um right. growing up i was relentlessly bullied physically beat up every day hit with bats chased around made fun of every part of my being because I'm a sensitive person. And so uh, when people sense that about you, sometimes they want to just like eat you alive essentially because of their own anger. I know that now because of therapy, but they, they are so angry with it's themselves true. and they think, oh, this person will take it. I got beat up for being gay. I've never been gay a day in my life, but ignorance doesn't care. And so like, mm -hmm. I, I remember as I would get beat up and I had the F word thrown at me constantly and I was getting my face pounded in, nobody, Nobody tried to stop them. Nobody said, hey, don't do that. And that's all I wanted, even if it didn't work. So I saw a group essentially getting their faces pounded in by a bunch of ignorant yeah. people. And I was like, I cannot sit by and watch this happen and say nothing, especially because I'm going to be able to reach people that a gay person wouldn't because a lot of the bigoted people right. don't want to listen to a gay person, but they're confused why someone like me would want to speak on those things. So I did that. Yeah. I did that for 10 years. I was really involved with that. I got a lot of like backlash towards the end. I, what I noticed was a lot of younger gay people don't really understand the shoulders that they are standing on. I'm not saying I'm those shoulders, but people like Marsha well, P. Are, Johnson. Yeah, but that's another issue is like, as much as I was involved with that fight, I wasn't one of them, mm -hmm. so I was never really fully right. accepted. Um, but they don't right. know about Harvey Milk, who established the Castro. They don't know about Marsha P. Johnson. They don't know about what happened at Stonewall. They don't know their history. And I would find right. myself almost getting attacked 
out of the conversation by people who um, really benefited from those people, but don't really recognize it. But I think that's an aspect of any young people of society. You know, they reap the benefit sure. of previous generations. Sure. And, you know, like, uh, there's a, uh, there's definitely a part of me that at times thinks, you, should, you kids today, you know, <laughs> but uh, there's also another part of me that, that remembers being a kid and that, you know, you, you have just a lot of ideas that are not fully formed and a, a lot of bravado and um, just like you think, I, I'm 21, I'm an adult, mm -hmm. you know, I know everything I'm going to know right now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of have, I, I like, I, I saw some, some gay creators on TikTok talking about taking flack from uh, young queer kids who were saying, you can't call yourself queer because you're a, a, you're a cis white gay man. You, know, you, you can't call yourself queer. I was like, oh, honey, <laughs> oh, honey. I'll, I'll call myself whatever I want. <laughs> and um, that was actually but, a recent you know, realization for me because uh, I was being silenced by a lot of people. And basically uh, the realization that I'm giving them the power to silence me, they don't have the power to silence me. You can talk about whatever you correct. want. You can either participate in the conversation or you can leave. But me being quiet is no longer an option. Then, yeah. 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 And I say that's true for all allies, you know, yeah. like, I mean, I, I, I'm, I think allies are, are uh, play as important a part in the, in gaining rights, you know, like for whatever minority, for whatever group is being oppressed, their allies are the people who are also helping to change hearts and minds. So, you know, I'm not going to kick anybody out for you know if they if their intentions are good yeah um i'm like okay you know we can talk about methods and uh and stuff like that but i think that if your intentions are good and you want to be an ally please yes you're you're invited yeah um i think yeah. too many are doing it actually, for the high fives is the problem like they're doing it for the attention on themselves yeah. but that's also subjective you don't know what someone's intention is it's a lot of projection of someone's inner feelings into what your intention is and you can only know your own truth yeah. and i've always been since i came out in 1988 i've always been out out um and it and like when gavin newsom made uh allowed us to get married in san francisco and i think it was like what 2004 um my partner at the time and i went and got married we waited for two days in the rain outside city hall to get married only six months later to get a notification from the state it basically was like our our check back and in the memo it said gay marriage refund and they had voided our marriage, right? And then Prop 8 came along and we went and got married again for real before Prop 8 passed, like a week before. And we were together for like 13 years. He's one of my best friends. He's family now. We, we split up, uh, I guess, six or seven years ago. Um, but it was that just the, the what I had to go to through to get married twice and had to do it twice just mm -hmm. to make it stick um, was kind of ridiculous, you know, and it was really, it was a, it was a civil rights thing, you know, and, and I don't, I don't regret doing it, but I don't want anybody else to have to do it. I don't no. want to go back to that. No. And that's, you know, they're, they're talking about that again. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm glad we just got to, I, uh, what sucked for me is I was so heavily involved with that advocacy and I was in Europe when it passed federally and I missed all of the parties. I didn't get to go hang out with any of my friends and celebrate. So I walked around the streets of Salzburg, Austria, screaming to nobody and they 
thought I was just some crazy American, essentially. But that's awesome. It's beautiful. I was actually in the Castro that night. That was a lot of fun. You missed a good party. Oh, man. I can't even (laughs) imagine how wild that was. It's interesting. Like the stories that you're telling me, like I was a bartender. I bartended at gay bars. I lived in a big city in California. I and now live in Denver. I think Denver uh, is like my version of the barn for you a little bit. Where for like sure. I went from yeah. a, a city of eleven million to a city of like one and a half million, and then like I'm just slowly like moving my way out. And uh, yeah. so I'm seeing, I'm I'm feeling like a little bit of kindred spirit here. So like, it's almost I feel like a little bit of a window into the possibility of my future. Um, well, and I was in my mid 40s when I moved up here. So, oh no, know. I'm on your timeline. Right, there you go. On, You're on, on my timeline. You're on my timeline. Wait, bro. how do you now? <laughs> I'm 56. 56. Okay. I look older. No. <laughs> I got. I just my Gandalf. I love it. It's beautiful. It's is it hard to maintain the beard and the hair, or is it is it just? No, it's not hard to maintain. Um, It's just like I literally have not touched it for two solid years. It was (laughs) March of 2020 that I just was like, "Well, I'm not. Looks like I'm not going anywhere. I might as well see if I can do that wizard thing I always talked about." (laughs) Um, And so this is literally no cutting for. Too solid. I cut my mustache. That's it. Yeah, I, I hate when it mouth. gets over your lip like that. It's I don't <laughs> like it. Okay, so let's move to you. How did you find where you are? Talk about the journey of finding. Okay. Did you did you build yeah. the house or was it there? And like, where, where did uh, the location? Yeah, like, how it, do you find it was that? not here. It was it was bare land. Um, bare land in it, it, well, bare land meaning like it had nothing on it. B a r e. Okay, uh, but there are bears here too. Be, there are also beers here, um, the, the real kind wild of kind and and the gay kind. I was about so, to ask. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Um, where is, uh, I got to show you something before we're done. Um, but uh, so what happened was in uh, in the late nineties, um, I was at uh, the Lone Star in San Francisco. Actually, my partner at the time was, and he met this guy who lived up here. And, um, and they kind of hit it off and, uh, we all three became friends and he said, you guys should come up and, uh, and visit my place. And we were like, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, it's like, it was a long way. It was four hours away. And, you know, we're like, eh, well, finally new year's Eve on, uh, he was having a party new year's Eve of the millennial, a uh, millennium, um, the other millennial, uh, <laughs> and invited us up. And I came up and I saw this for the first time. And I was like, I didn't know people could live like this. You know, like I'd never seen anybody actually do it. And so becoming friends with him made me realize, oh, this is really possible. I could really do this. But I wasn't at all ready to at the time. I was still living in the the city. I was in debt. We hadn't even bought the barn yet. Um, And so that kind of planted the seed. But then what? fast forward 10 years, um, he had uh, a piece of property up here and that he, um, that was next to his property. And he, you know, I asked him, I said, would you ever consider selling that so that we could move up here? He's like, yeah, absolutely. And I think to me, and this is what I always tell people, the most important thing is community. 
Like mm. if you're going to move out into the country and you're, you live, you know, um, you can't see your neighbors, but they're close enough that when they're shooting off guns all night, you're going to hear it or they, they don't agree with your lifestyle and they're mm-hmm. going to, you know, do things to mess with you. Um, that's a lot harder, you know, to deal with when you're this far out, because it, it's not like, you know, when I lived in the city, I didn't know anybody who lived around me. I didn't, you know, I knew the people who lived under me in my building because there was two units, but mm. I didn't know any of my neighbors. I, you know, it was like, you don't really have to know people, but out here, I know people for miles down this road and it it's important. You know, that community is important. So I always tell people that even if you find a, a gorgeous piece of land, if, if the community isn't going to be the right one for you, that can make a difference out in the country. So I say, get to know the people around there first. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's more of a consideration when you're further out, but I think it's a consideration anytime. And also I'm, I'm we're super lucky. There's a lot of gay guys who live out here. Um, you know, we, we get together and have throw fun parties and it's, um, and and the people who aren't the straight people out here are super accepting and nobody cares. Oh, that uh, that's been my struggle with looking at a lot of the mountain towns. People don't people don't know that Colorado was very very conservative for a long time, and a lot of the mountain towns are full of those very conservative attitudes. And I got too much of a mouth on me, and I would just cause problems. Mm. So I'm trying to find. Because and as much as I would love to have a mountain house above Breckenridge or Vale or whatever, which would be more liberal, right. uh, that's those are multi-million dollar homes, even if it's just land. I think I found a right. studio, a four hundred square foot studio in Breckenridge for seven uh, or eight hundred thousand dollars, and I'm just like, ouch. Ugh. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, how, we're gonna I, need a recession before you can uh, buy he, something up there, I right? Think. How? But so exactly, how remote are you then? Like, because if you just find bare land full of bears uh, and bears, like, how do you find the bears? You know, like, where do you? Like, are there people? Is it like a small little town that you like would meet up with people, or like, how do you find people so remote? There's a town. There's a town about an hour from here. Um, yeah. So like, if I need to go out for groceries, it's about an hour of groceries. It's about, but I usually go to Costco and do like a, you know, like a two weeks worth of grocery shopping. Um, and that's about an hour and 45 away. Yeah. Okay. So you, so, you your friend, you, you met someone who had this land, there was mm-hmm. nothing on it. You got it from them. What, what's the next step then? Uh, we just built a little cabin. Um, and you know, then you got to put the, you know, you got to put the solar in and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, that's the, it's just, you know, I mean, but it, it, it's very mod. Like I live very modestly. My, my lifestyle is not, you know, uh, I'm not a baller. Um, and to me that that was a part of it, you know, like I, I have a, we have a tiny house and I love it that way. So it was, it wasn't very expensive to build. It, it was, you know, and, it's in my perfect place to be. There's kind of nowhere else I'd rather be than home. Mm -hmm. So it turns out to be a really good situation for saving money uh, and getting by inexpensively. 
So are you, are you working remotely? Like, how do you generate income where you are? I have my podcast. And you, and, and you before live, that I was, you live off the podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. I live off the podcast. I've been for like, I guess almost a year now before that it was voice acting. I, I would just do voice acting gigs from up here. I would go down to San Francisco. Um, I've been a voice actor with, uh, with an agency out of San Francisco since, uh, I guess 12 years ago now. Mm-hmm. And especially uh, with the internet, you don't need to be anywhere. You can do the voice stuff wherever you are. Not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. They used to, they used to want me to come in cause you know, they, they pay big bucks to do some of these gigs and they want to see your face. So I used to have to drive down to San Francisco and actually show up in a studio. But once COVID hit, they were like, Oh no, we, you could just do it from your studio. And so I just patch in with this mic over in my studio and do the exact same thing I did driving all the way to San Francisco before. That seems so But I'm kind of getting out of that. Yeah. I'm kind of getting out of that now. Cause I don't, I want to do more podcast stuff. Mm. I want to do more stuff that's good for people rather than just using my voice to sell stuff. Yeah. Um, and it it's so it's yeah, it's it's been a it's been a great transition and now with TikTok, that's kind of started to change everything for me, you know. Mm. Um I, I I was just so surprised. Um uh, but it's it's been great and I I see that I'm going to be able to do a lot more of the things I want to do because the audience for it is growing mm-hmm. and that's just going to finance better and more stuff you it, know, that I can create. It's uh, it's it. TikTok um, hasn't been great for like generating revenue on TikTok specifically, but it's been great oh, yeah. for finding new, like majority of the people who are in the chat right now talking are people who came over from TikTok at this point. And it, they, it used to be like a small group and now it's pretty much a majority of them. So that's one of the most beautiful things with TikTok is like uh, you know, people being able to find you essentially because a lot of other social well, media it's the same for it me. difficult. Yeah. Yep. It's the same for me with my podcast. You know, there's, I've got a, a lot of new listeners um, from TikTok and I'm, I'm, I'm into it. And I also love to be able to talk to them on TikTok. I just started doing lives a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and that has been so much fun. So I'm, yeah. I, I really like it. Yeah. So from looking through your content, um, you seem really knowledgeable on different flowers and berries and, and uh, little animals is that something that you like read up on or just something you gradually learn from living out in, in the, in the mountains? Like how did you have a passion for that? Uh, yes and no. Um, like I, when I was a kid, I always wanted to live in a place that had lizards and that was a big part of my attraction to California because Florida wasn't really an option. And I just was like, uh, I was, so I was really attracted to a lot of the wildlife around here when we moved here. And then I, you know, the same things come up every year. So you just go, that's beautiful. What's it called? You know, and you Mm. look it up. And so over the years, I've learned most of the flowers and plants because I've been here so long and they the same ones every year and they're kind of on the same schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, so no, I'm, I'm not like a horticulturalist or a botanist or, you know, anything like that, but I do love all the wildlife up here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I love that I can, you know, run into an otter up in my neighbor's pond, or uh, I've seen mountain lions up here and uh, bobcats, coyotes, bears, um, never a Sasquatch, which is the thing I wanted the most when we moved up here. But There's still time. I don't think they exist. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they don't. Exist. An otter, Although a 16 year old kid tried to tell me on Instagram last week that he was absolutely sure they did. And he sent me a bunch of documents proving it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just kind of let people do their thing at this point. I, the older I get, the more uh, minding my own business I do. Um, so I was like, okay, yeah, yeah sure. Sasquatch sounds good. Um, so otters are like otters, you know what I'm saying? Like, it seems like for some reason, the gay community really gravitated towards using animals to describe body types within the community. Well, yeah, it started with the bears. Right. And then, then everybody, then everybody wanted an animal. Um, and you know, I'm for it. It's fine. It's an easy shorthand for, you know, I mean, you got the straight community has cougars and all that other stuff. So, you know, what's, what's the difference? (laughs) I love it. It's fun. Um, Okay. Very specific question. I was watching one of your videos and you found a feather and you said, ah, let's leave the feather for the fairies in the fairy house. What does that mean? Yeah. Uh, it is what we call that little hole in the, the oak tree that you saw me put it in front of. Uh-huh. Um, I, I just, I have this like a, a, a still kind of a, a kid's mind sometimes living up. I'm still that little kid playing in the woods. You know, like I basically made a fort in the woods and I hang out here with my friends um, and I'm still doing it. And so, uh, you know, like when I look at stuff like that, I'm like, it's a, it's a fairy house, you know, like that's, that's where the fairies live. Um, so yeah, no, there's no, I mean, I've never on TikTok actually, I mean, I've met like that, the first that post, I think, actually got me into fairy TikTok. Uh-oh. And then there were people had opinions. Of course. Um, and I learned a few things about fairies. Um, but I've never like actually seen one, although people say, you know, they're there. And I I believe that there are other energies out there. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, because I mean, we're just in a soup of energy, right? Protons, neutrons everywhere around us in the air, the table that the computer sitting on and I, I don't know but I, I like to think about the magic that it could be real yeah. so i tell myself stories like that and i you know and then sometimes i put them on tiktok yeah why not it's fun look find your joy in whatever corner you can find it because the world is crazy i don't know if it's just me getting older and being more plugged in but uh it just seems like it's just life gets faster and crazier and more stuff is going on. And it's, if you can find something that just brings you a little bit of joy, like a, leaving a feather for a fairy, why not? You know, who cares? Who's that hurting? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And and then I also realized after I posted that, that it wasn't just bringing me joy. It was bringing joy to a lot of people who mm-hmm. were like, I, I forgot when I used to call those things in the forest fairy houses or, you know, like it just, it triggers memories for people of, of their own time in the woods, maybe as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I love that, you know, I'm, I'm here for that. That's what I want to do. Yeah. People are in chat are really enjoying, and I actually registered it to energy soup is a new thing for us now. I think we're going to say energy soup from now on. <laughs> I think it's, it's fantastic. I love it. Um, no energy soup for you. No, <laughs> and you know what? Everyone in here is old enough to get that reference. Um, <laughs> so 
you you write a lot of beautiful i'm assuming are those your your quotes that you or your monologues that you say in your videos or are they taken from other people oh yeah i write all of those yeah where uh, that's where, all me where does that come from like where does your inspiration for writing that stuff come from those walks yeah like the way i mean i have a simple method of creating and i i grab my camera and my dog and we go for a walk and I shoot the things that are interesting to me. Then I come home, I sit on the back porch, I grab clips and chuck them into TikTok, edit them down to the, you know, the length I want. And then I open up my notes app and I just like, what do I want to write about? What's this about? What is this story? What happened? Yeah. You know, what, what did this, what, cause I'll, I'll, while I'm on the walk, I'll get like vague ideas. And then I kind of just write those out. And I, and because I've, you know, been doing voice acting and video work and stuff for a long time, I, I kind of know how I want it all to come together and look and sound. And so I just write it out, uh, record it. Like I was telling you earlier, I just hold my phone like this and record it into the phone, mm -hmm. um, in the voiceover thing on TikTok, uh, finish it up and post it. Are you an Aquarius? No, I'm a Capricorn. Oh, thank goodness. I'm I'm trying to find things that I don't have in common with you right now. And it's driving me like, you're just talking. I'm like, yep, yep. Because that's how I make content too. I literally just kind of like wing it. And I know something's going to come. I'm going to have the creativity to put something together beautiful later. And not yeah. everybody works that. Because I used to work in production on music videos and commercials and movies when I, I was a PA and an AD when I was in. So you got all the storyboarding and all that stuff. And like, right. <laughs> when I started yeah, doing yeah, things yeah. on my own, <laughs> it, it, you know, throw that energy soup out and, and see where it lands, you know. That's me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I just wing it every single time I'm winging it. Uh, I have no content production schedule. I don't even know when the next time I'm going to make a TikTok is. Yeah. I like people say do four a day. I'm lucky if I do three a week. Right. And three is a busy week for me on TikTok. Um, so, but you know what? I haven't suffered for it. I mean, I, I don't honestly think my, like the people who watch my channel would be stoked to see that many videos from me. So I don't know. I'm curious, I'm curious what you think about this phrase, have to. I have to do this. I have to post four videos a day. I have to make this amount of money. Is that something that you had yeah. to get over within yourself um, earlier it in is. your life? And, and what advice- I think we all do, don't we? Yeah, what advice, because right now it seems, at this point in your life, it seems like you live a much more, um, if I want to, existence versus a have to. So- how, what advice right. what advice right. would you have for people when it comes to the idea that they have to do things a certain way well you do have to do some things in life you know there are things you have to do um but there are a lot of things that you don't have to do that you, you know like you'll just tell yourself you have to do and i i think it's priorities driven right you know like what are your priorities i, I my priorities aren't stuff, but if I want, you know, like a brand new Rivian and if I want, a, you know, a, a penthouse apartment, if I, if I want those things, then I have to make a lot of money. You have to, mm -hmm. there's no other way to do it. So I think choosing what you're going to be happy with 
is a big part of can I can I live a want to life versus a have to life? Mm. Um, and so I, you know, I don't. I, I used to like do uh, like I think everybody does this. I think I've seen you do it. Uh, go to Target and just you know you go to get one thing and come home <laughs> with one hundred fifty dollars worth of stuff. Yeah, like, what did I just buy? <laughs> you know, right? And I uh, I did that a lot. You know, like when I lived close to a Target, I like. 20 years ago, I would do that a lot. And I, I was realizing how much money I was spending doing that. And it was like scratching an itch, right? You know, like, like oh, I'm just going to go get a little thing and then you're like wander around. And it kind of feels good. And, but I, I started to look at that and, and pull those moments apart and go, all of this is making a lot of have to in my life because I have to float all this lifestyle, right? And if I want to get to want to, I'm going to have to make, I'm going to have to make some concessions and make some priorities. Um, and so that was the way I got to want to, and that you're right. That is where I'm at now. I don't, I don't have to go to work. I don't have to make a TikTok. I, I have to make three podcast episodes a week, but I want to do those. Mm. So um, yeah, I guess that's, that's my advice is that look at the big picture, right? You do have to do stuff, but if you can make things that you have to do, things you want to do, then you you've that's the name of the game as far as I'm concerned mm -hmm. because you're you're it, it all is it's aligned, you know. And I feel like a lot of the things that we have to in our minds do are pressure that we put on ourselves to adhere to some whether it's society or somebody else's idea of who we're supposed to be. And that's not freedom. That is, that keeps or, you stuck. It's true. And for me, a lot of what I had to do was out of my own sense of not being worthy. Mm. You know, I, I was proving stuff to, to other people in my mind, you know, and, and trying to deny my own feelings of not being worthy of success, not being worthy of being a want to person. Um, so I was working so hard to, you know, I, I, just to, to not have that feeling like that, like that going to target scratches an itch. Well, that itch of not feeling worthy is so much deeper mm -hmm. and it's, it's not even an itch. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a pain. It's a dull pain. And I think getting in touch with that um, was a big breakthrough for me personally. And that that's only been in the last you know five years, really. I mean, it took me into my 50s to finally start to deal with that. So what did you do to tackle? <laughs> By the way, law last year I did therapy. My negative core belief was that I was worthless. Stop having things in common with me. Um, <laughs> it's really starting to freak me out. Um, what did you do to tackle your feeling of worthlessness? Therapy is where I started. Mm -hmm. um, and I also, uh, I, I, I had been a reluctant meditator my entire life. Um, I started meditating in the eighties back when it was like, you know, new age meditation stuff and just listening to new age music and sitting and hoping for a blissful experience. But I always, I felt like I was doing it wrong because my mind wouldn't stop. And I thought my mind was supposed to stop. Mm 
So um, then in the 90s, I got into rock climbing and that stopped my mind. So I thought, okay, rock climbing is my meditation. And I got into that for a long time and really enjoyed it. But um, you know, then uh, after a while, I couldn't, I couldn't continue rock climbing. And so um, the, the thing that finally made the biggest difference and has given me the most peace in life is mindfulness, you know, mm. just my mindfulness practice. Now I get up every morning and meditate now, and it finally kicked in because I realized, okay, it's not about stopping my mind. My mind's always going to be there, but my mind is there. Like the sound of the bird outside is there. Like, like you talking to me, is, I can't not hear you if you're talking to me, but I don't have to listen. I don't have to react. I don't have to do anything. It, it's up to me. And that was a huge breakthrough for me. Mm. And then I could start going deeper into who I was and the, the energy soup of, you know, <laughs> like my actual existence. And it, it made a lot of the things that felt so crushing and so um, like, how am I ever going to deal with this less important? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I struggle to convey that to other people. I don't know if you get this, but sometimes people leave comments about things that are very um, heavy and sad you know, or they'll talk about taking their own life, you know? Yes. Um, and I, I struggle with how do, how do I share with someone that I get where you're, I get that this is so awful, but it also isn't real. Your thoughts aren't facts. They are your thoughts. Mm. You know, your situation is not going to stay like it is forever. Things have to change. You know, there's no way to get around that. Um, but it sounds like a cliche when you just say it like that to someone who's really hurting. For myself, it was that experience of what that core of my being is. Um, and now I, you know, I try to share that with people as much as I can. There's a quote that kind of illustrates a little bit of what you're saying is, um, you are not the clouds, you are the sky. And the clouds yeah. are your emotions, and they will come and they will go, but you are the constant, yep. essentially. Yep. And that's something that really uh, helped me a lot, because I think uh, I, I've helped. Um, I actually had to get training in it because so many people were coming to me, because I'm safe, uh, were coming to me right. in their times of need. Um, when they're when they're about to end their lives, and it's just like it's it is a very permanent solution to a temporary issue, and it also mm -hmm. uh, it does the pain doesn't go away; it just transfers on to other people. So just sit right. in this and be okay. I, I something as I'm trying to get more comfortable with is discomfort. Sit in that discomfort mm -hmm. because uh, you know in order to work out a knot in your back, you got to go through the pain. And then eventually it releases. But if you're never willing to face that pain, it will never release. And that it will always be just looming over you. And you, I just, right. I was never, right. I would never have peace essentially because it was always there. Yeah. It's, it's about acceptance, right? And acceptance doesn't mean condoning. It doesn't mean being okay with it or not wanting it to change, but it's about accepting what's real and starting there. Because when we're just pushing and pushing and pushing it, like it was like when I was pushing my feelings of, of being worthless away, I was keeping that alive with my pushing. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And when I got to when I got to actually sit with it and be with it, I realized, okay, this, this isn't this isn't me. These aren't my words. These aren't my thoughts. This is, you know, this is stuff that's been put into my mind and I'm holding on to. Mm-hmm. It's time for me to let go of it. But that starts with acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um I, I I noticed that you talked a lot about weather and clouds. This is a very light question to kind of, it's a very weird transition I'm recognizing now, but we're just going to roll with it. Do you have a favorite? <laughs> I'm obsessed with clouds. I just am. Okay. I do. Am I, uh, I always wanted a west facing apartment because I wanted to watch the sunset over the mountains. But now I face mm-hmm. east and I catch all of the sunrises. And for me, it's 10 times better. I wake up before the sun every morning naturally and i film time lapses do you have a favorite cloud i have a favorite cloud um yeah i i like the i like the uh i don't remember what they're called i knew at one time i like the really big fluffy ones cumulus um, cumulus yes if um yeah and then the if you can get that like orange purple color on them mm. oh man i have a there's there's a something in my timeline actually on tiktok if you uh that i went out joe and i were having coffee here at the kitchen table one morning and the sky was just on fire there's Bodie. Bodie. Um, the sky was on fire and i walked outside with him and i was like oh my god I, like it was one of the most beautiful days i'd ever seen here mm-hmm. um and it was that combination of sunrise and those big cumulus clouds and mm-hmm. just that beautiful purple you know and orange color so yeah we get a we have a beautiful big sky here and amazing stars at night and all kinds of crazy clouds that come through uh like in the winter and the spring mm-hmm. in the summer it's mostly mostly cloudless um but the winter especially has some oh, yeah. pretty spectacular clouds my favorite part of a sunrise is actually right before when the when if you can get a gap between the horizon and the clouds and the colors just hit the clouds and they form like oh, yeah. orange and pink and yellow it's so i get very excited um, me too I, I i'm it. a morning person now too perfect so i get up every day before the sun and uh and try to get out for the sunrise as often as i can it's one of my favorite times to walk with bodie yeah so you um whenever i you know when i asked you like where you live, when you talk about your house, you always say we, because you have a fiance, correct? I have a fiance. Yeah, Joe. Where did you meet Joe? Did you meet Joe before your trek or did you meet him in town? Like where, how, how'd that happen? Uh, I guess I could tell this story. Um, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I tell, actually I told it on a TikTok. I can tell it here. He's not here right now. So he doesn't care. Okay. Um, uh, I was living in LA um, I had been one of my best friends lives, uh, down in Pasadena and I had been like living, like I'd live a month down there and a month up here. And I was looking for a voiceover agent at the time. Um, it was before I got representation. And so, um, uh, my friend who I was living at his house, he went out of town one weekend. And so I just put on Facebook, um, you know, the pool's open. If you want to bring some food and drinks, stop by. So I basically had a two day pool party at my house. People would show up and leave and come and go. And it was super fun, pretty chill. It was never like a ton of people there, Mm -hmm. but on Sunday afternoon, um, this super hot guy showed up with a couple of friends of mine. And I was just like, who is that man at my (laughs) pool party? 
And I was just like, oh, um, you know, that feeling where you're just like, oh, I'm going to make an idiot out of myself. I just know it. And of course, it's the only time in my life I've ever had a mohawk for two, like on Friday afternoon, one of my friends had cut my hair in a mohawk and I looked ridiculous. Um, and he, you know, and so he's just like, okay, who's the guy with the mohawk? And uh, I, I tried to play it as cool as I could. And uh, yeah, so that's where we met. And then um, he lived in San Francisco at the time and um, we didn't see each other again for Let's see, that was August. In November, he had some time off for Thanksgiving and said, well, I was thinking about maybe driving up to your place. And I was like, yeah, great. He's like, oh, well, I'll just come and spend the night. I'm like, it's a kind of a long way to go for just the night, but you're welcome. So come on up. And he stayed for five days. And then pretty much we've been together ever since. Did he have the same desire to live as rural like you do? Or did did he discover his love for that by interacting with you? He did actually, he, um, he had, uh, he used to work at an outdoor school in another part of California. Um, and at the time he was actually working in the city for the parks and rec department. So he was like a park ranger, super sexy. Yeah. Um, and so, and when he came up here, he was like, I just, I love your place. You know, this is amazing. Um, and so, yeah, so when it was, we were together for a couple of years before he actually moved up here and moved in with me. Do you guys have a wedding date or is that kind of just up in the air? Nah, we don't actually have a wedding. He, I mean, you know, he proposed, I said, yes, we'll get married someday, I guess. Neither one of us is like the big wedding kind of person, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, we're, we're enjoying being engaged and not in any hurry to actually be married. So well, I'm offering my services. If you need a singer for your wedding, oh. uh, I'll sing, I'll sing at your wedding because I also I love it. I also want to see where you live because it looks like absolute <laughs> heaven to me. Um, oh, of course, you should come this summer. Yeah, you come this summer and see it when you can actually swim and it's just, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Okay, so segue from that into like yeah. a lot of people see the way that you live and it it's very romantic to them and they love the idea of it. Break down the pros and cons of switching from city okay. life to living to where you are and just give people maybe a little bit of a reality check of what it's truly like to live the way that you do. Sure, sure. Yeah, like imagine that you um, you have to take all your own garbage and recycling to, you know, for an hour long trip at least to, to get rid of it. Um, when you, you know, like my dog, um, frequently will come home with, I think the, the biggest count that Joe got this year in the height of tick season was 75 or 80 ticks on him. Whoa. And that's a lot of ticks. Yeah. And so we have to brush him pretty much every time we come back from a walk, we have to brush him and get all the ticks off him this time of year. It's less, but it's still pretty bad. Um, you, you know, you kind of have to be able to uh, cook every, like I cook every meal for myself. There's no takeout. There's no delivery. There's no mail delivery. There's no DoorDash um, on top of a mountain. There's no, <laughs> no DoorDash. No. So literally three meals a day, we've got to make them. Um, and you got to be able to kind of plan 
when you go to the grocery store because it's an hour each way if you forget something for everything you're going to need for at least a week. Oh, man, I'm so forgetful, man. I'd get into so much trouble all the time. I'd have to have like extra, extra gas tanks (laughs) in my car to make that happen. But Yeah, so those are are some of the drawbacks. Um, But the pros are, you know, it's like I am – probably the happiest I've ever been in my life. I love this place. I love my neighbors. Uh, I love what I'm doing. I'm able to share that with, you know, hundreds of thousands of other people now. Um, And to me, that's kind of what it's all about. You know, like, okay, can I be happy? And can I help other people be happy? Because when I first got up here, truth be told, I really was coming here for me. I wasn't, you know, I was, I was more of a hedonist than a a helper. I think, you know, I was like, I just wanted to get my thing and get away. And once I got that, I got a real heavy wake up call because I was like, is this it? What now? I, I got my dream and I'm not happy. This is not, this isn't what I thought it would be. And then when I started the podcast and started helping folks fall asleep and realized that there was a way I could contribute to other people's happiness, that was, that was what it took, you know, and I stopped thinking just about me. um, And I started thinking, okay, what else do I have to give? What else can I, can I help other people with? And that made a huge difference. Um, And I, but I never would have, gotten to that place if i hadn't first taken care of me Mm -hmm. you gotta in order to build a house you gotta lay a foundation and you are that foundation yeah yeah Mm -hmm. a house built on sand sinks eventually but usually pretty slowly and painfully (laughs) 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 so i hear i don't know i'm not building houses so um and and what's funny is I've spent all this time really like getting to know you, but I want I do want to talk about your podcast a little bit. It's a, it's a really interesting concept. You, you is it is it a lot of the same like voiceover stuff from your TikToks? Is it like more extensive? Um, describe the process for uh, making no, this. I, yeah, I um, I read public domain stories basically. Mm. Um, you know, so that, that was the content that was available when I wanted to start it. I didn't want to have to write an original story every single week. Um, and so I started reading stuff that was in the public domain and, um, I take, I, I, I love it because part of my job is reading every week and old stuff, you know, most of it is from like 1922 and before. Um, so, you know, like right now, um, I'm, I'm reading on the Patreon version of the podcast. I do longer books. Um, I'm reading uh, um, Wizard of Oz, which Ooh. is amazing. The book is so different from the movie and really, really cool. Um, and I've read tons of great short stories and weird long poems and just lots of stuff from a hundred years ago that would kind of not get much airplay otherwise. And I just read them really slowly and like a, like your grandpa might um, to help folks fall asleep. So that's pretty much it. And then this year I started doing a weekly meditation as Mm -hmm. well. And sometimes those are specifically for sleep. 
Uh, but today, actually, I released the first one that was just a, a mindfulness meditation that you can do before bed, or you could do it uh, anytime during the day, just to kind of check in and get um, get a mindfulness practice going. Do you want Do you want some more connections that we have? Do you want to hear something real quick? Sure, sure. Yeah, I, want, uh, I, I just signed up at a climbing and bouldering gym to clear my mind, and I don't Fantastic. think about anything while I'm doing it. Um, and uh, several people have been contacting Calm, just like they contact Calm for you. And I've been reading stories to people, and they really enjoy it. Like, if you could see, every time you'd say something, chat is just like, oh my God, what is happening? This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. And I'm just sitting there trying to like be present, but it's just like, it's so eerie. I've never had so much in common with a stranger before. And I'm really glad that we got this chance to like get to know each other on a deeper level. That's the whole purpose of my podcast. Likewise, Chris. I want people Likewise. to really understand. I also want to, un I have a thirst for understanding people. That's something that's always really inspired me. And everybody has got a cool story and everybody, there's a way to connect with everybody. If we just release our expectations of them, of what they, who they sure. should be. I try to get away from the word sure. should. Should yeah. means- You don't want you to should all over everything. No. <laughs> I'm going to keep that. I'm going to keep that forever. Um, okay. So you're, so you, one of the things you started doing is you started providing value. This is what you're, te you're telling me. You started, instead of it, focusing on yourself, once you've done healing for yourself, you started providing value for other people. And one of those ways that you I would, yeah, I mean, I, providing value is a, a, maybe a little triggering for me because it feels economic. Uh, um, that's not the way I mean it. I promise you. It's, yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah, in, no, I guess enriching other people. Sure. Yeah. Help like contributing something to other people's lives. Yes. Is, that, is kind of what I what I wanted to do. And this was the way I could do it. You know, I was never going to be a doctor or, you know, any there, this was the thing I could do. I could tell stories. I could be your grandpa. Yeah. I could be a safe voice to listen to as you fall asleep. And um, so that's yeah, that's my thing. That's my contribution. So I'm assuming in this process of helping people sleep and telling stories and all that stuff, you've had some um, probably wholesome or wonderful uh, listener interactions, or do you have a story oh that sticks out to you the most as someone where they told you how you impacted them and it then in turn impacted you? Um, I'm thinking, is there one story? Um Right off the top of my head, I can't think of one, but I, it's gotten to the point now where almost every day I hear from somebody who says, I had X, Y, and Z that were driving me crazy and I couldn't sleep. And now I can sleep. And thank you, thank you, thank you. And I, it it's humbling because I don't have any special training other than as an actor. You know, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not, a, I'm not a healer. Um, but I, but being able to just to be there for people, you know, and to, and I do, you know, like I, I put love into these stories. I, I don't, I'm not just faking it. It like, I, I imagine that there's a, this is a moment that I'm sharing with these folks. Um, it, it, it's humbling for me. And I, I really think it's, uh, yeah, I found my purpose. It took a heck of a long time, mm -hmm. but this is it, you know, 
this and, and now mindfulness too. I mean, I'm, I'm really finding that that is something I can share with people that also helps them to just have a better life. And we all need more of that. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about like finding your purpose and going to therapy in your like late forties, early fifties, stuff like that. Would you, do you have any insight for someone who thinks that it's too late in their life for them to grow in a certain way or take a different path? Yeah. Um, yeah. My, my advice is it's not, <laughs> but the, 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 the hardest part is extending your vision out. And the, of course, the older you get, it's harder to do that because, you know, like I'm, I'm in my mid fifties, I'll be lucky if I get another 30 years, very lucky. Right. Um, and so how far, you know, could I do another 20 year project again? Yeah, I probably could. Um, but I, I, I think that that is where people need that. And that's why people, as we get older, we go, oh, I can't do that. It's too late. Um, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I started this podcast when I was 53, you know, um, it was just a total pivot and well, the light's getting crazy in here. <laughs> Your beard um, is my, glowing. My beard is on fire. <laughs> um, yeah. So my advice would be uh, that if you can get in touch with what it is you want, and not the stuff you want and not like manifesting a car or manifesting a particular house because it was on your mood board. Um, but I'm talking about like a feeling. What is the feeling you want your life to have that it doesn't have? And then what people, um, places, uh, occasions inspire that feeling in you? Uh, you can You can chase that you know, and, and that doesn't necessarily mean you have to like make a ton of money or completely turn your life upside down. But if your intention is on the feeling, um, you're going to be a lot better off than if you're, you know, you're chasing a like material thing, which may or may not even bring you the feeling you want. Look at how many people chase fame only to wind up miserable. Yep. Yeah. Cause it's a fame. It, it, all those things are so external. So like it, yeah. it, the the healing and the desires come from within and addressing those again a lot of the reasons that people go for those external things is for the validation of other people not because it's truly who they are or what they want they want other people right because they struggle with worthiness and so right and we, we we've all been there mm -hmm. you know I don't think there's any, there's very few people who have not struggled with that um, or are not still struggling with it and it, it it's it can be debilitating and it, and kind of like take away your ability to have the some of the best parts of life which are really simple and um, and and become unavailable when you're so busy trying to prove things to other people mm-hmm mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, we're gonna switch to the questions, but um, uh, where where do, where do people find you if they want if they're inspired by this and and want to reach out to you? What's the best way for them to do that? Uh, listen to sleep dot com. Listen great. to sleep dot com. They, or my Instagram or TikTok is great too. Uh, actually, Instagram is really people. A lot of people get in touch with me on Instagram, and I mm -hmm. love that. Yeah, in a way that you kind of can't on TikTok. Yeah, um, 
And yeah. And I'm so any of those there, it's all listen to sleep. You just Google listen to sleep and there I You'll am. You'll find all of the things. <laughs> so if you want to reach, it's all, it's all me. If you want to reach out to Eric, make sure you go to listen to sleep.com and uh, we're going to switch over to the questions. If any of you ever want to ask questions live, uh, we stream on Wednesdays on Twitch, twitch.tv slash sup daily. And thank you so much, Eric, for being on Unfiltered Friends. I loved this episode. I hope you loved it as well. If you did, make sure to share it on social media. I am reposting those who do. Tell me your favorite part and what you took away from it. And I will see you on the next episode of Unfiltered Friends.